Hey, Nathan, uh, we are recording this on Friday, the 22nd of September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're heading into week two of the UAW strike against the big three automakers. That would be Stellantis, General Motors, and Ford, of course. This is the first time all three of them have been hit at the same time it is 100 his- years. It is historic. Um, and we are going to be hopefully discussing what that means for you if you're looking to buy a new car. Should you wait or should you buy one now? But, you know... This is a very fluid situation, so um, if you're listening to this, let's say, on the 23rd or the 24th or the 25th, everything we're about to say may be useless. <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible that there could be some major changes. As a matter of fact, uh, recently there was some movement for the UAW in Canada with, uh, I believe, Ford. So these things can change on, the, you know, on a dime. But, but, but with that being said... We still are sure that there are going to be some issues with buying new cars and with what's currently going on with the UAW strike, and that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's start with that. Then we've got a bunch of other fun issues we're going to be talking about. We've got some cool cars at the office that I've got some thoughts on, and I've got some thoughts, Nathan, on football and Formula One. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> it's not a rant. It's a thought. Okay, it's a thought. It's a thought. Okay, so let's start with uh, the UAW strike. As you know, it's been almost two weeks uh, since the UAW historically struck all three of the automakers. And I think this is important, Nathan. Usually when there's a negotiation that's happening, right, they negotiate until the very last minute. Like the last minute in some cases. But not in this case. What happened was about two hours before the deadline, uh, the UAW leadership basically on their Facebook page sent uh, a notice to all of its rank and file saying, we're going on strike. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which does not bode well uh, for how eager either the UAW or um, the manufacturers are uh, at getting this thing settled, right? It seems like both sides are very much entrenched in their position. And just just to clarify, uh, I don't want to go into all the details because there are a lot of details. But basically, the manufacturers, and this varies by manufacturer, so I'm going to be kind of broad, Yeah, yeah. have offered about a 20% pay increase. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, I think the last, the UAW started at 40%. Yep. I, think, I think they're down to 35%. But the two sides are far apart. And that's just the tip of the iceberg because there's also a lot of other benefits that, you know, that, that, that are being uh, discussed and negotiated. Uh, and that list of benefits is long in terms of like, like you know, vacations and uh, uh, medical benefits and even, gosh, getting retirement money. Oh, in addition, there's a lot of things that Pensions. have to do. There's a lot of things that have to do with dealing with how much it costs, how much the dollar goes nowadays versus how far it went the last time they negotiated. Cost of living increases. Cost of living is a major thing as well. So these are the things that are just just part of all three's uh, push to go up against the automakers and negotiate with them. So we're not going to take sides or anything like that. Actually, that's an important thing you said, because when we did our, you know, they went on strike video, a lot of people uh, said either one way or the other. Like somebody said, you know, these guys build the cars that you review, so you should support the UAW. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, other people said, you know, these these, uh, rank and file are asking for too much money, so you need to be on the side of the manufacturers. Guys, I I know this is an antiquated term for a lot of you out there, but we're journalists Mm. uh, and we're impartial. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're here to present the news, not to make the news, which is also an antiquated and, and old. Yeah, uh, and, and we know that we're personalities and you guys watch us and, and you'll take away certain things that we think of. But have you noticed that we try not to go into politics? This is actually politics in many ways. So Of course, it's, it's all politics. Yeah, it is. So we're, we're, we're not going to jump into that part about what we prefer. We're simply going to bring you the news. But in addition, there's things that will affect you guys, the consumer, because of what's going on. And then you guys can just, you know, talk amongst yourselves in terms of who's right and who's wrong. But I really do hope that they do come to an agreement soon because it, it does affect you guys. For sure. Um, you know, I, I'll give you an example of kind of just so you understand where we're at. Uh, when I was in graduate school for journalism, I had a professor who refused to vote. You know why, Nathan? Because he wanted to report on the on the you know politics and not be part of the politics and that's kind of where we're at right we report but we're not actively taking part in it and and unfortunately you know it's been a long time since I've gone to graduate school and the world has certainly changed and they have computers now <laughs> every, yes well more than that everybody has kind of gone to each side of their um, you know respective aisle or not or you know the respective tribe and and because I'm old school, we're going to be very impartial. We're not going to take a stance on this. But we are going to talk about, and this is the important part, how does this affect you? So let's talk about that. Yes. Let's jump right into that. So um, if you're thinking about getting a 2023 or 2024 model, the question you might be asking yourself is, what should I do? And we have a simple answer. Judging uh, based on what we've seen with prices already. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're at the end of the quarter right now mm -hmm. in September, and there actually are uh, discounts in place that the manufacturers have put in place to help move inventory, um, uh, which will expire at the end of the quarter. And that's because, of course, the manufacturers want to move as much uh, uh, vehicles as possible, units in business speak, uh, by the end of the quarter. Uh, and so it's always a good time to buy a car uh, at the end of the quarter, which is now. Uh, and Look, what's going to happen, and this is just supply and demand, is if the strike continues, we will have continued demand, but very little supply. So the answer in my mind is if you're looking to buy a 2024, but you're not sure about whether you should buy a 2023, I'd say buy it now. Yeah, Don't yeah. wait. Just don't wait. Yeah, look at it this way. Every day that there's a strike, and right now what they're doing, they've been uh, rotating strikes in terms of which place they're going to shut down on one particular day. And the reason we have the Wrangler and the Gladiator uh, behind us, for those of you who are listening, um, the image behind us sort of indicates <laughs> what's happening right now. Toledo plants is one of the plants that is being affected by the strike. As such, what we're saying is even one day closure, as you guys remember during the pandemic, one day closure can bottleneck things. If this goes on for weeks and weeks, it's going to be huge. So consider right now as a possible time to buy those vehicles that uh, those discounts could very well evaporate and then things could get really bad. So keep that in mind. If you're looking, maybe now's the time. Actually, it's worse than that, Nathan. Oh, yeah? Uh, so as you probably know, uh, the UAW has decided to strike at the heart of the manufacturers, which is their trucks, right? Because most American manufacturers are now making most of the money selling trucks. So of well, course, trucks sell them the most. Of course. So they've gone after the Colorado. They've mm. gone after the Gladiator. Um, uh, but that can change. Now, now here's something that uh, business insiders will tell you uh, that you may not be aware of. You may be thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm not into buying American. I want a Toyota or I want a German car, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or whatever, Korean car. So this doesn't really affect me. Uh, um, yes, it does, and I'll tell you why. Um, there is a real potential that the suppliers to 
the big three will also go out of business. And, and a lot of them are already starting to worry about that because the suppliers, in other words, the people that provide the ABS systems, that provide the transmissions, right? Wiring harnesses, everything. All that to the big three also provide those same parts and components to, you know, Honda in uh, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Hyundai in, where's Hyundai? I, I can't, I'm blanking out right now. Korea. No, no, no. They, no, no, they, they have a plant also. In uh, Alabama. Alabama, yeah. yeah. So, so, and if those suppliers go out of business because all of a sudden they are cash starved because they're not being able to supply the big three, then it's going to affect all the other manufacturers in America as well. So I would say to you, if you're thinking about buying a car, whether it's American or not, go get yourself one. There's another part to that, which is let's say you wanted to buy a vehicle, once again, that's American, that's being affected, and you can't. So then what are you going to do? You're going to shift over and find something else that is for sale, and you're going to buy that, meaning that the stock of those vehicles, the ones that are being built not by the big three, they're going to evaporate. As such, supply and demand. You guys are going to actually get screwed that way. So once again, we're, we're putting it out there, and we're not you know, holding a gun to you, believe me, but we are saying do your research, check it out. If there are discounts now, most likely they may not be there later and perhaps now is the right time to buy and i wanted to kind of toss this to something else a little bit later so we are going to revisit my point here and that has to do with electric vehicles um because believe it or not this all kind of ties in together well sure i mean one of the reasons that the uaw is striking is because of electrification exactly but we'll get to that in a second the other thing i think that's important um to consider at this moment uh, is that we're not here trying to promote like car sales. We really, you know, we really don't care whether you buy a vehicle or not. We're just looking out for your best interest because yeah. the, the realistic opportunity here is that you're probably going to spend more this time, two months from now or even a month from now than you would today. And unfortunately, that also uh, has to do with used cars. So there was a study out this week by IC Cars, mm -hmm. which basically said that for the same amount of money that you could buy a used car today. Or, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're getting a used car that's three years older than if you had done it a few years ago because of the price increase in used cars. So, in other words, the equivalent of buying a three-year-old car 10 years back is now a six-year-old car today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, whether you're in the new car market or in the used car market, uh, there are repercussions and they're not good. Yeah. The more people are shy away from buying new cars based on these strikes and these other issues and high prices, they will be buying used cars. And one of the reasons why even though used cars... Them. Well, well, not just that. Used cars are, are extremely expensive now, as we just mentioned. And one of the reasons why people are still buying used cars is because it may be easier for them to get financed to get those used cars as opposed to buying a brand new car where financing can be more difficult. So this is one of those things that's a bit of a balance. And we understand how much of a pain it is. Ironically, used cars' values have started to skyrocket since the pandemic, and they really haven't come down very much. We anticipated it. They came a, down a little bit. A and little now, bit. And now they're back they, up. They just launched back up, exactly. Oh, yeah. But they have not come down very much. We thought that the, the bubble would pop, but because of these things, because of the strike, because of the ship, uh, chip shortages and everything else that's happened, it just hasn't happened that way. So... So in some cases, you may be better served actually looking right now for a new car as opposed to some used car. So keep that in mind. Uh, we're putting it out there just for your edification, and we're not pushing any agenda other than that. And the other thing that I think is worth keeping in mind is that, like, uh, 
Um, you know, if you're waiting for 2020, the 2024 model, or you're waiting for 2024 because the model will be different. Most of the cars that are on sale today are not getting refreshed. There's a couple of notable exceptions, and we just covered it. Like the F-150 obviously just got a refresh. Yeah, it did. So if you're in the F-150 market and you really want the latest and greatest, uh, you're going to want to probably get... Uh, the 2024, uh, but the Silverado, uh, now we're talking trucks, but that's fine. The Ram 1500, you know, they are staying the same. And, and, the, and the same is said is true for most of the cars, except with this exception, if you really want a Charger or a Challenger, <laughs> get it now <laughs> exactly while the getting's good. Yeah, uh, at the end, at, by December 31st, they will no longer be built, period. They're just done. And in many cases, uh, manufacturing has already stopped or is slowing down to stop. So, once again, you know, this may be the time to go and look for those. And in some cases, some of the cars, especially the ones that aren't the Halo ones, uh, are filling up some dealership lots, and there are some incentives that you can find. You may have to go out of your city or even out of your state in some cases to find those deals, but they're there. Now, speaking of which, uh, you were mentioning, like, no changes. Vehicle behind me, the Jeep uh, Wrangler and the Jeep Gladiator, they've only had mild changes this year in terms of some facial things done with the front end of the vehicle. Uh, I believe the, um, the, a bigger screen. the bigger screen and uh, seats that have been altered a bit, but and a little slightly different dash. But power, really, so power seats. Power seats. Um, they've moved the vents in both the Gladiator and the and the Wrangler yep. uh, down so they can put the bigger screen in, and they changed the grill. But I'll be danged if I can tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really not that much of a difference. So if you were to get the older one, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, wait a minute, that grill looks a little different. How dare you? you nobody's going to care. So. Perhaps looking at a 2023 model that's you know going on clearance, that's something to keep in mind. And speaking of uh, uh, strike uh, repercussions, uh, the UAW is also striking the plant where they make the Bronco and where they're going to make the upcoming new Ford Ranger, uh, which is not good news because Broncos have been uh, hard to get. As you know, selling Oversticker and the new Ranger, which is supposed to roll out any minute now, is probably going to be delayed because of it because they're mm -hmm. basically built on the same chassis. It's a similar platform. They're on the same line, or uh, the lines are next to each other, I believe. So, uh, but it's the same plant. And by shutting that plant down, it's going to cause a major bottleneck for Ford. And Ford is, you know, all of them, all of them are treading water because of this, because they know that their, you know, consumers are, they want their vehicle. And I've heard stories of people waiting up to 18 months to get their Bronco which is not acceptable in my book, but nonetheless, I mean, that's that's what a backup does. So imagine what will happen after the strike. Now, the good, the good news is, let's talk about electric vehicles. Yes. If, if you're willing to dip your toe or you've been eager to dip your toe in the electric car market, and, you know, we get a lot of comments with people hating, especially electric trucks, but there has come kind of a tipping point where electric vehicles are now starting to become more mainstream. I'm not talking about electrified vehicles. I'm talking about all electric, all electric, electric vehicles. Electric. Uh, and so, for instance, the uh, Mach-E, mm -hmm. uh, there have been, uh, you know, uh, I'd say surpluses on dealer lots. So if you're looking... In some cases, same with the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Yeah, so if you're, which is a very good car. So if you're looking to dip your toe in that water, uh, this might be a very good time to do it. And Tesla is notorious, Nathan, notorious for, you know, Mr. Musk gets up, like, at the end of the month and decides to slash prices. Last time he did it, it was on the... 40%. It was on the Model S and Model X, 30 thousand dollars or thirty one thousand yeah. dollars he slashed it like that so if you're looking for a tesla uh, 
it might be a good time to wait, you know, a few more days until the end of the month. And I'm suspecting he might slash him. He, again. he might slash him again. Uh, there is a new supposedly uh, Model Three. Um, coming out, it's been introduced in China and in Europe, uh, but we just did a video basically saying that I would not buy it because they lose the stocks. So you lose your turn signals, you lose your. It, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense to you me. You lose your, you know, your drive stock, and you got to go into the OS to do it. I, I, that, those are deal colors for me, but it is good looking. So. Hopefully that's coming to America for all of you Tesla fans. Um, and of course, the Cybertruck is out there somewhere. It, well, it's finally, they're starting to get delivered, I hear. Um, and we've seen some videos of some people doing walk No, no, there's no deliveries. Oh, they, I no. thought they were putting them on no. trucks. I saw them on trucks. No. I literally saw them on no, trucks. No, no deliveries yet. They're, uh, the, the, the latest and greatest uh, on this, I, I'm sorry to correct you, but I'm very up on this. The latest and greatest is um, what they've done is they've, you know, when you have a Tesla, you can get the reward points. Yeah. And they're going to do like a big first delivery um, event mm. where, where they'll give it to the first person and okay. Musk will be there. And the way you get a ticket for that is you got to earn points and it's all very incestuous yeah. if you're in the Tesla Yeah, world. you have to trade in your neighbor's uh, ID and all that so, stuff. But, so, so we're, but I have seen a truck loaded with a bunch of Tesla trucks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like... The, so they're moving around. Yeah, there was one, they were crash testing one, there was one that was spotted that was rolled, uh, but yeah, there have been no deliveries and there is no firm date even for that uh, event yet. Mm. It's a lot of buzz in the Tesla world that it's coming. But uh, I'm not going to hold my breath because, you know, Tesla. Okay, so speaking of that, let's move on to something that I was going to come to earlier. It. And that has to do with uh, Prime Minister uh, Sumac from the Great Britain. Oh, good news. Okay, yeah. so what he's done is he's pushed back on a lot of the electrification mandates that have been out there throughout the EU and actually throughout the world trying to get people to adapt to electric vehicles and to change a lot of the profiles of countries in terms of their uh, carbon emissions. So he's pushed back a few years, actually. So, so originally it was it's, 2030, and now they're talking about 2035. Right. So anyway, so he's been pushing back further. But my point here isn't so much the fact that they've done that. I think it's this is sort of the tip of the iceberg. We've already been hearing rumors that Germany's already looking at doing that. And there's a lot of other countries that are doing it as well. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't want to hit their, their goals. They still want to hit these goals of reducing a certain amount of carbons and whatnot. But they want to push it back a little bit further, giving people longer to purchase their diesels, purchase their gas engines and whatnot. And I think that that might trickle down to the United States at some point in time. That doesn't mean that the mandates are going away. That means that they, it's a possibility now that they may get pushed back a little bit in order to keep us well, in in order to keep us in the rotation of the rest of the world because remember it is a global economy and in order to ship cars all over the place having everybody on the same page would be beneficial well look nathan 2030 for you know completely switching to electric is never going to happen it just was an unrealistic goal to begin with mm. it was too aggressive uh, and i would say 2035 is also too aggressive right now in america six percent it's gone up uh, of cars are all electric. Mm -hmm. uh, that's still tiny. There's no way you're going to get in the next, what, six years in Europe to 100% electric cars. No, no. And especially because you have to consider the fact that there's a lot of people out there who, even with all the price reductions that they're doing and whatnot, and, you know, 
that you will not be able to afford these vehicles anytime soon. They are still very expensive. In addition, they're expensive that to build. Change, though. That's the latest. In addition, they're, they're expensive to build right now. And in addition, they are not exactly something that works for people in certain types of uh, financial situations. For instance, people who live in apartment housing that simply cannot charge their vehicle because they can't run an extension cord from the fifth floor of an old apartment. These are things that, they have, that have to be overcome. That's partially infrastructure and everything else. And that is coming. But I don't think it's going to happen that soon. This is a personal opinion. Now, in addition, in terms of requiring people to drive these vehicles, I think what we're going to start seeing is incentivizing people to drive these vehicles as opposed to having a gun to everybody's head saying this has to happen. And perhaps this is where Toyota may be leading the way, showing that electrification of vehicles as opposed to going full electric may be the best way to transition because they are pretty much almost every vehicle that Toyota builds now or will be building in the next year are hybrids with only two exceptions. Yeah, so Toyota had an ambitious goal of selling, oh God, what was it, like um, uh, 60, was it 60,000? I'm, I'm really bad with numbers. Uh, and today the story was that they're nowhere near that goal in terms of what percentage. In fact, um, 60,000 what? Electric vehicles ah. at, by this point, and they haven't sold anywhere near there. In fact, only 1% of Toyota's complete uh, production has become electric, and their goal was much higher than that. Uh, so Toyota is certainly, in, in, in terms of pure electric, not electrified, right? Toyota sells a lot of hybrids. Well, they they even acknowledge that, and they said that they're resetting, and they're going to do an all-different platform and a whole different I, thing. So I mean, if Toyota wants to get serious about electric vehicles, they need to do like an electric FJ like they showed, right? They have to, they have to start building cars that well, people Well, they have want. to start from the platform up. So that's that means a whole different battery source that means a whole different type of motor and everything else which is what they're working on right now and they may we may be seeing some movement in that direction but toyota straight out has been saying that they they've been pushing back on this whole thing of the mandate and they're saying listen we can make a very clean hybrid and those clean hybrids we have proven are very affordable which in many cases they are and sustainable. So the question really is whether or not Toyota's right and everybody's wrong. And that is a big question, but that's a whole different conversation. The point is, is that now Toyota is looking at doing possibly solid state batteries we're hearing rumors of, or the new sodium lithium batteries, which is another possibility that they might be working with. And those will create an all new platform if indeed one of those is adopted by Toyota. As such, it may give them an opportunity to give a, get a leg up finally up on the competition. Because the BZ4X, frankly, is just medium. Oh, God, that's being kind. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's completely adequate for being a compliance car. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, hey, um, so uh, before it, it's all doom and gloom here, uh, if you guys, uh, and don't worry, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into V8s very soon. So yes. If you, if you hate electric cars, don't tap out. We're going we're gonna to get into that because I've got a really fun topic that we'll talk about next because we have an IS500 sitting in the What car. a great car. What oh. a great car. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was, so much I was fun. at McDonald's at drive through today, and the guy like looked at it, and he goes, what a beautiful car. Yeah. And I was like, you know what's under there? He goes, no. And when I said it was a V8, he like said, no. And I said, yeah, it's got a 5-liter V8, which, by the way, we just drag raced against the Ford uh, Mustang. Yeah. Uh, and that video will be up on all TFL. Anyway, let, let me continue. Um, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, oh, so there are electric vehicles out there that are a bargain, Nathan. Yeah, used that, ones. Used ones that, that, that have been ignored and are really good. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Audi e-tron. The Audi yep. e-tron. Those things originally were anywhere from you know sixty to eighty thousand dollars. You can pick the used one up, a nice one for half that today, maybe even less, if you want. And it's got you know plenty of range, two hundred fifty uh, miles of range. It's a big old 
SUV. I'm talking about the you know the the the, the SUV version, yep. not the, not the sports car. Yeah, I know uh, the first one. Um, I drove it uh, uh, on a road trip from um, San Francisco to Tahoe, mm-hmm. which did really well. It's got very good charging rate, uh, and it's one of those cars that Audi built probably just a little too early, uh, uh, and it didn't really resonate with people. And so now in the used car market, it's a bargain. So if you are looking for electric cars and you don't have money for a brand new whatever, uh, that's a good one to consider. Actually, it's a really good point because uh, I, I, I stand as personal testimony that buying uh, used electric vehicles is a very cheap endeavor if you do it right. And the best part is there's almost no maintenance costs or very little maintenance costs with owning electric vehicles. I owned a Nissan Leaf for about three years. My daughter did, and she beat the crap out of the car. She hit every curb in Denver, and it still just kept on running. It was a strong little car. Yeah, the range wasn't great, but at the same time for first cars or even second cars, they're a great way of avoiding an awful lot of crap that comes up later on. You know, that 60,000 mile thing where you have to pay 1500 bucks to re- you know, replace the plugs. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. So th- that is a good potential thing to think about. For those of you who want to check out electric vehicles, another one that's interesting, a friend of mine just recently bought the old Fiat E, uh, 500E, and he buys it just to zoom back and forth to work. And it's only like six or seven miles for him. So it doesn't matter that it's degraded a little bit. And he loves driving it. He says it's a real hoot. Yeah, so, you know, there's that, like, feeling out there, you know, you don't take my V8 out of my cold dead hands. Cold dead hands. Uh, And here's my thinking on that, right? Um, You know, people buy Toyotas uh, after, like, their other car has left them stranded, not once, but twice. And then they're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I need to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> this is no longer working for me. Right. And then they go to a Toyota. And that has always been Toyota's strength. And, you know, we just, we're doing a series where we're buying a cheap, trying to prove that cheap Toyotas are the most reliable. So we bought three different vehicles. And we're not going to tell you what they are. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was wondering how far you're going to go with this because I thought we're keeping some of the secret. No, but, but we went, as you know, on uh, Monday and shot episode three of that where we took them off-road. Yep. But, but on Friday, um, one of the vehicles took a big dump. Uh, basically, uh, it started running on uh, five cylinders. So it's a six-cylinder. It started running on five. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, God, we need this for a video shoot. And we were trying to prove that the cars are reliable. And we videotaped it. It's part of the series. But uh, So Tommy went out and spent the morning basically running back and forth to the parts store. First, he started buying a coil pack for that. It was it was cylinder number six. That didn't solve it. Mm-hmm. Then he went out and bought a spark plug. And then he bought five more spark plugs. And he bought spark plug wires. And after all that, basically he did a full tune. Uh, it still didn't sort it. Yeah. Now keep in mind, this vehicle does have over 200,000 miles on it. Uh, but you will never have that issue with, you know, an electric car. You'll never have to change spark plugs. You'll yep. never have coil packs. You'll never have to have, you know, not, we took it to a mechanic and he's like, it could be a head gasket. You'll never have that issue. And, and I think those basic facts about the vehicle will overcome all of the bravado of, I will never buy an electric vehicle because I love my V8. You know, I love V8s too, but... Gosh, you know, we've got a bunch of old ones. I spend a lot of time fixing them, and, it, and it's not fun. It's no, not and like it's not it's, cheap either. It's not cheap. No, no, we just, we just, uh, you know, we give you another example. We bought that. By the way, it's for sale. If you're interested, we're selling our uh, C6 Corvette. Uh-huh. Yeah, let us know. Uh, ask a TFL truck or info a TFL car. Uh, and uh, when we took a drag racing, we blew the transmission. You know how much that cost? Three thousand three hundred dollars to repair the transmission. How many, how many gears does an electric car have, Nathan? 
Usually zero. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes there's one. one. You know, Portion of those two. Yeah, yeah. So there's a two sometimes. But uh, the thing about electric cars, you don't have to worry about any of the fluids other than washer fluid, really. And occasionally, I've heard stories that sometimes a brake fluid might have to be flushed because the brake system actually works very similar to what an internal combustion car would be. But in my experience, putting on 30,000 miles on a car that was relatively cheap, other than having to replace the tires, because once again, my daughter, um, it was a very, very inexpensive car to run. So for those of you who are on a budget and you don't have to do major long distance or you need a second car that just is for commuting, these are really good options. And that's where that's where the positives are. The negatives are, no, they're, they're, they don't have a lot of soul. They don't have a lot of fun. They don't sound really good. And they're that's no good, they're no good cross country. Yeah, and they're really not very much fun cross country. We have a lot of experience with that now. We've we've done an awful lot of cross country runs with electric cars, but with that all being said, I have a different perspective on things. What is it? The, the more people that buy electric vehicles that don't need the gas ones means I think that perhaps they can stretch out the length of those internal combustion cars for other people who do like, like them. You. Well, not like just you, me. Like, I mean, I I, like I would you, buy an electric. If I could get my Hellcat, I'd get my... Yeah, actually, my wife and I have been talking about... Not that. A Hellcat? Not a Hellcat, no. Oh, God, I'm like, uh, well, did you get remarried? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> wife number two, calling on you. Um, I, I, That's in your prenup, right? I get a Hellcat. Well, well I re, a long, uh, not that long ago, I put her inside of a Durango uh, SRT. Oh. oh, and? She hated it. She uh, hated it to high heaven because uh, she was watching the, the gas gauge moving down as I was <laughs> accelerating. But it sounds when you know. Of course, when I came to a tunnel, what do you do when you go into a tunnel when you have a massive? You, you let off the gas? No, of course not. <laughs> I just so I, I'm unrolling the windows and I could see her. I could I could see her, but not hear her going no because I was going. Bleh! It's the most amazing feeling in the world. But that vehicle gets terrible mileage. So to compensate, if I ever got one of those. I would get my wife an electric vehicle because she actually goes back and forth all throughout Denver. That's that's part of her job is driving around a bit. So it would work out great. We would save the environment and at the same time I would destroy it. It's perfect. And, and let me let me just I, I'm really tired of this. I'm just going to be ranty here and yep. I'm, I'm I'm just tired of it. Uh, and if you're out there first of all saying, well, you know, you're Spark plugs are cheap to fix, but replacing a battery is then, you know, th that's also not yeah. true. You know, Tesla's has been around a long time now, a very long time. Remember we saw one at Detroit Auto Show back in 2009. Can you believe it? Yeah. That's when like the Model S That was came when out. the S was just yeah. coming out. And, and there's a lot of information now out there, fact-based, not emotionally based on, you know, battery degradation. And basically the number is pretty straightforward. It's 1% per year. So a 10-year-old Tesla will have lost 10% of its battery range. Holy cow. I think a 10-year-old internal combustion car is going to lose, you know, 10% of its ponies. Give or take. But but you see what I'm saying? It's and and then please don't 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 put in the comments. There are four-year-olds mining lithium and and you know just you know just just because you listen to one form of media and you you know you can't open your mind and actually look at other forms of media please stop with that okay that's all a bunch of hooey uh and I said hooey yeah i said hooey yeah <laughs> and maybe maybe like read different sources and not just one source for for your information you know all this stuff is of course based in a little bit of a fact but it's twisted to make it seem like it's it's much worse you know and, and we're not gonna we, we uh, you know i just saw another comment our power grid can't take it Gosh, Nathan, how does our power grid take, you know, having you know, like a 10% population growth every year or whatever the hell it is? How do, how do we manage to, you know, support adding whatever it is, 100,000 new homes, and yet we can't, you know, figure out a way to add 
capacity to our power grid, you know, to power electric cars. I'm sick of that argument, too. Yeah, well, I have, I have solar, so I'm not part of your argument. <laughs> if it goes down, I'm up, Or, or how about this one, Nathan? Mm. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to dig a hole so deep mining lithium, right? Oh, God. You, yeah. you know, Jesus, it's not. There's a lot of lithium. It's getting cheaper. Battery, you know, battery chemistries are changing. It doesn't have to be lithium. It can be sodium. Well, it's not just the lithium. It's the cobalt, actually, that people are concerned about because children are mining them and everything else with blood diamonds. But here's the good news. Yes, exactly. They've been for over 100 years also sending children to dig oil derrick wells and all the other platforms used for sucking up crude. So it's been happening for and years. You know, we exploit children all the time. Come on, you guys know that. And you know oil is so clean and uh, there's never been an oil spill anywhere, ever. Never, never. <laughs> no, he's being sarcastic across the board, am, guys. Because okay. I'm sick of all the misinformation but it's, and, and lies. But, and, and it is all out there. So if you find one source that just happens to cater to what you're thinking, perhaps you should look for about four other sources too. Anyway, so let's move on from there because it's easy to get into this route. I, I want to I want to I want to talk about uh, baseball and uh, actually football and Formula One. Okay, football and Formula, Formula One. One. You hit it. But okay, all right. So those are my two favorite things. All right. So did you happen to watch the CU CSU game? I have no choice to, to watch some of it because my daughter goes good, to see you. Good. Did you happen to watch a Singapore Grand Prix? Yes, Formula I did. One? Okay. So I had a thought, not a rant, a thought. Okay. So when I when you and I started watching probably Formula One back in the day, right? Mm. Uh, it was all about um, kind of courage uh, and about uh, recklessness to some extent, yeah. right? Because, because let's face it, people watched and still do watch auto racing for the crashes. And especially yeah, back in the day. There pe- are people who are, who are into that type pe- of destruction. People, people died, right? Yeah, they, a uh, lot of them did back b- in the day. B- very famous people, very famous racers, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so the sport was dangerous and it was – it was about a lot of things, um, but not necessarily about driving ability, right? It, 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 there was, of course, a lot of driving ability, but you could be reckless, you could be fearless, you could be courageous, whatever you want, and try to pass. You know, it's cool, like illegally on the left, you know, illegally on the right, and that was all applauded. Well, I was watching this, the Singapore Grand Prix, and I, I couldn't help but notice just how much Formula has cracked down on that. You even think about like doing an illegal pass, and you get a five-second penalty. Mm-hmm. Five seconds, and in Formula One terms, that could be the difference between like third and 18th. It can be. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I agree that, you know, and a lot of other people agree with you too, that Formula One's rules have gotten almost out of control. And I think, I'm hoping that they'll let, let find some parity. Oh, go ahead. Let me finish. So the stewards have become much more uh, draconian. Mm-hmm. But I think what that does, I think what that does is then, at least f- from my point of view, and it could, you know, you could watch this race in a t- completely different way. But from my point of view, what that does is it shifts the focus away from like courage or recklessness or boldness to driver ability because you you, you take all that away right you, you can't do a lot of the other stuff that you used to do and and let's face it just because you're you know uh let's say reckless doesn't necessarily make you a good driver it just means that you you have a little bit more disregard for your own life and now you can't do that and now the focus has become entirely on the driver's ability to, to a large extent, and, and let me finish. Let me, let me, let me, and you can disagree. Okay. I, I appreciate. I, I wish you did disagree. Because oh, I, I certainly okay, will. Okay. okay. Because back then it wasn't just. I'm not just talking about the driver. It was also about cheating. Let's face it. Right. They've cracked down on cheating to some extent. There's still some cheating, but there were all these other extraneous factors that took away from the actual driving ability. Because everybody was trying to get an advantage somehow, and whether that was like you know having you know a different arrow profile than you should have, right, mm-hmm. or having I don't know um, you know gaming the rules. That's all been part of it. But when you when you kind of peel that stuff away, it just becomes about the pure driving ability of each of the 
drivers. Now you can argue that, but th that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So then I'm watching the CSU CU game, and my God, Nathan, did they have a lot of penalties? Oh my gosh! Yeah, they, personal I, fouls. Yeah, yeah. CU would have lost had it not been for all the penalties from CSU. And I'm thinking to myself, I think football, and people are going to hate this too, needs to kind of go down that Formula One route because they already have. But even more, I, I, you know, you, you do a late hit. Let's see, first down, 15 yards. That's nothing. That's not going to change the game. A, yeah. a, a personal foul should be like you know, that the opposing team gets the ball on the 20-yard line of the aggressing team. That's that's the kind of game changer that would prevent that. And what I'm thinking is if you actually crack down, and I know football is based on, you know, I grew up in Chicago, bear football, right? It's based on hurting other people. It's based on hard hits. It's based on – but what that does is it takes away from the athleticism. So I think – and I know all of you out there are like, Roman, you are so wrong. Yeah, I agree with them. Go on. <laughs> okay, keep going. No, but, but, but if you take away all of – or if you don't allow or you make the penalty so hard – and I'm not talking about like, like if two guys or three guys go up for a catch and they fall on each other and they hurt themselves, that's part of the game. That is football, right? Mm. But late hits or face masks or all the stuff that went on in the CSC Eastern game. So right? increase the penalties is what you're... Yeah, yeah, and then that will make the focus not on aggression, not on, hey, how much can I lift, but on how athletic you are, on actually the beauty of the sport versus just the brutality of the sport. And I think it's going to have to happen, Nathan, because I'm telling you right now, I know people who will not let their kids play football because head injuries have become such a terrifying... You've seen, you've seen some of those football players out there who you know who either you know wasted their entire lives trying to get to the you know the big show and then in the first game you know they got taken out and their career has been ended shortly because of you know some debilitating accident that wasn't any of their doing but because of somebody got too aggressive mm. and and like I say young families don't want their kids playing football because it potentially compromises their brains you know there's just so much and and <clears throat> and, and I, I feel for those people but I think if you kind of tone down the brutality, you would tone up the athleticism and actually make it a more interesting game to watch and not have, like, like a, what happened? Who, who was the quarterback? Third play. <laughs> oh, come on. No, that old mean? man, Aaron Rodgers? Are you kidding me? But oh, still, God. Come on. I, one, I've been trying not to get into your rant, but my God. Aaron Rodgers, one, two plays, he's out for the season. Because he sucks. Because his Achilles See, tendon I mean. is the worst. That's what I mean. This is this is right, but sure, that's 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 a great way of looking at. It. He sucks. He has the worst Achilles tendon ever. We all know that. Why? Because he got paid he's forty million dollars. He's, he's not the only one, Nathan. There, every Sunday, there are dozens of players that get taken out, and everybody's just like, "Well, that's football." I'm like, "Does it? Does it have to be? Yes. Really? Isn't that making the game worse, not nope. better?" Okay. But, can I can I go? Yes, go for your turn. I'll shut up now. Everything you've said is malarkey. And bullshit. Okay, so here I go. First of all, can anybody tell me a better racer than Senna? No. And he was from a time when there were some interesting cheats that were going on indeed. But at the same time, his driver ability, and I challenge you guys to find a better... I mean, there's like Hunt and some of these other guys who had raw ability. Driving cars that were manually, manually, but, 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 shifted, okay? These guys had serious talent. Yes, some of the people in there were trying, you know, let's add a little extra nitrogen here or there, or let's take off a little bit of armor. Let's do this, let's do that, let's tune it differently to try to get a leg up. But the reality is being able to drive the green monster in a vehicle that's manually shifted, that had absolutely no ABS, that was on fire 90% of the time, and being able to do that and pass people was guts, capability, you can't go back to Sterling Moss and go, dude, you just had guts. You had no talent. That's BS. No, no, That's you, no, 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 no. That's, that, not, but that, I didn't say that. I think but you, 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 did, you, you were saying it, it, basically people have more balls 
back then to do crazy things as opposed to today because they get penalized okay, really let's, hard. Let's take your son example, right? Senna, I agree, was a magnificent driver, and he died way too young. Yes. Like, horrible accident, right? Yep. And that was probably not because of anything I said. They were pushing technology, I believe, you know, a carbon fiber. Uh, it was also track failed. issues and rule, and there were their problems, yes. But today, right, today, because of the, the amount of safety they have implemented, they, you know, at the, at the Singapore race, uh, what's his name, crashed at the very last lap. Um, mm -hmm. And he crashed into the wall and he walked away from it. Uh, and once again, that allowed him to race this next weekend. Where That's uh, tech. Incentives, so part of it, once again, make the focus on the driver and the driving and make everything else kind of go away. That's where I'm going. I'm not saying those guys weren't good drivers. They were incredible. Mansell, uh, all those guys you, know, you mentioned had huge balls, were incredible drivers. But what I'm saying is make it safe so that we can enjoy the driving and take away the part where people die. Okay, so with that being said, uh, you also mentioned like certain types of turns being, you know, getting penalized and everything else. A racetrack like Singapore, you cannot right. emphasize enough how important safety is because it is a remarkably tight, uh, tight track. And it's, I mean, there's, there's 90 you know, degree turns. It's really, really, uh, you know, difficult and whatnot. And I agree with that to a certain degree. However, at the same time, because there are so many rules that are really, really minor in some cases. There's an awful lot of fans who are actually turning away from Formula One. I, because just, I think it's the most popular It is the most popular been. sport, but it's actually gone down in viewership. You can look up the statistics yourself. I, I look at them every year. And I, Formula I, I, I disagree with that. No, 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 but go ahead and look it up. Um, Formula One has actually lost a little bit of its popularity. Wow. You can go all the way back to the days when Marlboro used to sponsor and when they were taken away and I how they Netflix, dropped down and then came back up and then it dropped down. series made it a Series doesn't do dookie. It, what happens is you get a little tiny spike and then it drops back down. Fortunately, fortunately, what happens is agree to disagree, they pull back the stewards from time to time because they overrule too much and it takes away from the racing enjoyment because the person who deserves to win sometimes doesn't win. And so I completely and utterly disagree that adding rules is going to help. Now, adding safety on the other hand and making cars safer, that's tech and would, I agree would, with that 100%. Would you agree that that Singapore race is one of the best races of the year? No. No. You don't think that was that was a, that was a nail biter? It was a good race, but, but it was most, most part, you know, with Verstappen winning every race, it's just been a parade. Yeah, but that's that's uh, there's nothing wrong with somebody who has talent who's able to win winning. At the same time, I do prefer it when the teams are a little bit more equal, and that's never going to be. You're, you're never going to have all the teams being exactly. I, equal. I never said to make them equal. I just said put the focus on the driver, not on the cheating, not on the, you know, uh, technology to such an extent, and make it make it hard to be. The tech Technology is part of the thing for pre preventing them from cheating no. and preventing cars from blowing up. I love the technology. I'm but just saying. You I, just, I, just I, counteracted yourself. I, no, no, no. Not the technology that allows you to cheat. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Okay. So let's I, move on to football. Okay. Let's move on to football. football. Now. This is one you're really going to disagree well, with. Well, yeah, completely and utterly. Now, first of all, helmets, uh, the safety of helmets has increased vastly well, over the years. Of course they were leather in the beginning. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. take a Back lot. in your day, they were. But, <laughs> but um, I, look, I played football all the way up to college. Yes. And I can tell you that absolutely the equipment has improved, but some of the rules are a little much, and I don't think making them... If you, if you strangle something too much, what's going to happen is a lot of plays that almost everybody who is watching or is on the field looking at looks like it's a legal thing, suddenly becomes an illegal thing based on somebody else's perspective... And it can really draw out a game. How many times during a penalty do you sit there and wait and wait and wait until they figure out, oh, right, this is the penalty that's right or wrong or whatever. Oh, it's challenged? No, it's not challenged. 
These things, I think, interfere with the game, just like they would in Formula One. Too many penalties slows down the game. Too many penalties waters down the game. Too many penalties takes people away from watching the game. I do not want to watch a game that's full of penalties and is boring as hell. I want action. And I'm sorry that that's a gladiatorial way of looking at it, but that is exactly it. I want action. I want people throwing. I want people hitting. I want action. So that's actually, that's you can't works with people both. throwing or hitting when they're carted off the field in a stretcher, Nathan. That that's happens. A, that's not, that, that, no, that person can't throw or hit. He's done for the year. Which is why there are about three times the amount of people waiting on the benches ready to take their place. But those, that's people, war. those people oftentimes aren't as good. And sometimes they're better. No, uh, no, then they'd be starting if they were better. Right? No, not necessarily, actually. <laughs> Some guys actually will, once the cameras look, are on them, look, you're, you're, they'll play better. You're saying I, you I, want more carnage in racing. You I didn't more, say more carnage. Yeah, yes, you said I you said want I want more action. Gladiatorial, which yes. is action equals carnage. You, yes. want, you want a more free-for-all sport. And my argument is basically the exact opposite. Mm. I think it'd actually be more entertaining because it would take... Uh, look, you, you can have a sport where, you know, it's all about pumping as much iron as possible. Yeah, nothing to and, do with and just And doing as many iron. late hits as possible, grabbing as many face masks as possible, and that's going to be action. And those are all penalties. They all but take the, place. But the penalties are meaningless. You know, See, you, that's, you, you that's, end somebody's career, like the guy here at CU who, who's out for now three weeks, right, because of a, of a kidney injury, and you're like, oh, that's football. Yes. I, I'm, I'm sure if you're part of his family you're like who cares sorry i'm sorry <laughs> who cares i don't know his family and i'm not going to sit there and and throw my emotions towards somebody i don't know even if it's my favorite player and they get hit hard that sucks i'm sorry but that was their choice to play because they want to play and they know the risks when they went in just like racing yeah, I'm sure Michael Schumacher's family, you know, he he was he was skiing when he I hit know, his I head. Know, I know he was. That skiing, has nothing but, to do with but, Formula but, but One. I'm, the point is, when you get injured and you're in the hospital, and all of a sudden, you know, your career's over. And I know he didn't get hurt. I know he got hurt skiing. Yes, you know, has nothing with his to do son, with racing. I know how he got hurt. But the fact is, you know, you take somebody out, you injure him, it makes the game worse, not better. I'm sorry. If when a race car driver when a race car driver dies. It makes the, 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 the sport worse, not better. When a football player gets injured and taken out for you know either his career or season or a few games, it makes the You're sport You're painting with such worse, a broad brush. Better. You're painting with a Roman brush, which is just your one perspective. And there's all this other stuff over here, which I don't think I you're don't, looking at. I don't know. There's, there's all... so much more. Why are these sports so popular? Because people enjoy watching them. Why do they enjoy watching them? Because they're competitive. And they're competitive not, at a level taking, they identify with. When you add too many rules, of, you're, you're going to strangle the sport. You're going to slow the sport down. I'm sorry, but you may feel for the family. Hey, that's Look, great. That means you have a big heart. I don't. And honestly, if somebody dies doing what they love doing, I think I, is I, that so I, wrong? No. Yes, it is wrong. Nah. But it's horribly wrong. But anyway, no. anyway, it's one of those arguments where I think this is exactly why soccer is going to overtake football at some point. <laughs> It's already done in the world. Well, yes, in the world because they don't have pigskin. No, no, no. Of course, no, no, no. of course. In the United States. And, and, and with no. what's what's that? What's the series uh, on? Um, is it Apple TV? Uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, and that's just going to supercharge soccer. And you're, let's say you're. Uh, didn't a, they cancel that series? No, it ended. It didn't get canceled, did it? It was the most popular series ever. Anyway, uh, anyway, so let's say you're a young family and you have a kid and you've got the opportunity. Ah, shall we play soccer or shall we play football? I bet you nine out of ten of those families would be like, I love football, but my kid's playing soccer. That's fine. And you do that long enough, football's going to end up losing. Because, yeah. because the, 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 the understanding of the next generation. That. Of course, Texas, Nathan. Yeah, go to Oklahoma and say that. Of course. Go to New York State and say that. Or even California for that matter. 
Do you know how many people line up and absolutely are dying to get onto their high school football team? There are lines that go around the block. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? No, I don't Look believe how that. many I believe people that. play believe, college football. I believe that in Texas. I don't believe that in, in uh, uh Dude, in I grew California. up in California. I absolutely... Well, well, hold on. 30 years ago, sure. Yeah, but I'm telling you that even right now. Look how popular USA, UCLA are. Look how popular they are in terms of football. How many people are dying to play in those, on those teams? Because of all the high schools that feed into them, and then, of course, all the people coming from other high schools around the country. I'm sorry, but football will still be one of the most popular American sports long after you and I are dead. And, yeah, soccer is – I got nothing wrong. It's a, soccer or football, as you call it, everywhere else but the United States, is a great sport. I enjoy watching it, but I'm sorry. I, I love watching – especially I love pro football. I love watching it. I love the Steelers. I love watching the games. But, no, it's not going to change, and they're not going to – God, I hope they don't make it more boring and slower with adding I additional rules. I didn't say boring. I just said yeah. make, make you know make the rules such that if you do a late hit, I'm not talking about uh, you, they already you, get penalized for that's late not hits. A pen- Come on, 15 50, yards and yeah. first down. That's not a penalty. That's are a you joke. kidding? That can change a game. Oh, you know what? Two yards can change a game with that kind of thinking too. I mean, a serious what, penalty where where you think long and hard before you decide to face mask somebody. You think long and hard because when you go back to the locker room, the guys are going to be like, "Damn." Dude, we just you just cost us seven points as opposed to oh we were able to dig ourselves out of that fifteen year deficit. Big deal. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, all right, I think we've done enough. I'm sure there'll be plenty of comments. Yes, I'm sure, yes. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm right and just, he's wrong. Let, let, let the hate come at me. I know football. I, I understand it. My point is make it safer and make it more wait, athletic. Wait, you said you come from Chicago, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Bear football. I came from that. Wait, tradition. would they have a team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what I said. Yes. All right. Direct uh, your hate towards me if you live right. in Chicago. All right. Sorry. Now, let, let's, switch, let's switch topics again for the last part of this. And yeah. let's, let's talk about this, Nathan. Mm. Um, you know, I think we are living through, and please don't any more hate, but I think we are living through kind of the, the twilight of the V8, unfortunately. Mm. They're going away in, in a lot of, but there are still some V8s. So I'm going to give you a task. Okay. And it's based on the fact that we just have this incredible car. We have the Lexus IS500, which is a five liter. What a great car. V8, rear wheel drive, almost 500 horsepower, mm. in a tiny little car about the size of what used to be a three series once upon a time before it got big. Mm-hmm. Love that car. Just love the car. Love that stacked exhaust. So let me yeah. ask you this if uh, you had $60,000 mm-hmm. to spend on a car that you could hold for the rest of your life, Dodge Durango SRT. That's it. That would be it. Let's go back and forth. Let's just do a list. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. No, no. So, I, I so, thought you were asking so, so, me. No, but I, I think it's, there are more than that. There are a couple other cars out there. Sure. So, so, so I love that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my only worry about that is, is you're looking. Maybe you misunderstood. That's a car you could drive for your family. I'm talking about a car you hold on to and becomes a classic, and that probably will become a classic. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. But I'm talking about like for me, it would probably be. Um, remember we we drove that uh, Audi R8, the 2009, with that incredible uh, that manual a transmission. Wonderful car. With either the the eight cylinder or the mm-hmm. ten cylinder. Those it was, are, it was an eight cylinder. Eight had, cylinders yeah. are now like sixty thousand mm, dollars. Yeah. So, so that is a car that I would definitely like. I think it's it's becoming affordable, and I think it's a car that I would definitely. And I love the first gen R8. I think it's a beautiful car, personally. Yeah. 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 So yeah. All right. So are you asking me which one out of all these cars for sixty thousand dollars? Let's go down the list. There's a there's a whole bunch. So okay, that's sixty thousand dollars. It's a so lot of money. So let's start with, with and it Audi. could be classic or yeah. it could be you know it could be new. Acura does not build a V8 that's nope. used in uh, the market. Um, so then it would be Audi, and Audi does 
they, uh, doesn't have to be a V8. It could be any car. Okay. Um, I'll give you another one of mine okay. to think. I would buy, and you know I love this car. It's my guilty. I would buy the BMW i8. I just love the look of that car. Yeah. And yeah, those it's are a now, three-cylinder Yeah, it's a little three-cylinder out of the Mini, and it's got the battery, which would terrify me because those batteries are, you know, they Do didn't build them. getting in and out of that car? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's the worst. It's horrible. But I saw that, Nathan. I was in Frankfurt, and they had that car sitting uh, at the airport just you know what i mean just there, just there in the yeah, terminal right? and i i like almost fall off or, over it when i came to a dead stop because like it just looked and it, it's just it is one of the best looking bmws yeah. oh in, in modern memory yeah. yeah well it's like the m1 in my book the yeah. m1 is still is, is remarkably sexy and that you know unfortunately is never really yeah i came here um, so in terms of v8s that i would get for say 60 grand perhaps later on down the line um, oh, there's a bunch of Mustangs, okay, like Chargers. Like GT350 with the flat plane crank. You can't, yeah. I, I'd love to get a GT500. Those are not 60000 but you can now You know get, the Boss 302, even though it's not as beefy, I really like You liked, can get one of those for 60 Or the Bullet. The Bullet, remember that? Those we, are, I loved that. Those are less than 60 Yes, I loved that Bullet that we, uh, we had. Um, it was, to me, see, when I, when I had a vehicle that's too over-amped and it's a little too much... It's not as fun for me because I'm too worried about just losing the rear end and everything else. But that bullet was just like just right for me personally. So that, in terms of Mustangs, that was one of my favorites, and I could easily get one of those for far less than sixty. Um, How about a Camaro? Yeah, it would have to be a convertible because I can't stand yeah, just but sitting for in sixty. You could get the, remember that one you fall in love with the uh, oh uh, the, the ZL one ZL one. You could yeah. get a ZL one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's manual. Yes, yes, manual and just absolutely tear up the neighborhood. That that it's a fun car, but I would probably have to get a. Con that's the only one I'd want as a convertible, because I just I don't like the way I sit inside the the way the roof is designed. Speaking of that, uh, almost everything that Dodge has built with the Challenger, I love Challengers. I love the way they look. Which one? Would you, um, would you get the three ninety two? I I would probably think about a three ninety two wide body. Uh, they have a couple of the different right. packages. Manual transmission, of course. Um, which would be a lot of fun. The yeah, okay. The Hellcat's too much. It's yeah, the Hellcat is just a little bit much for it's me, just much. because I, I know I'd <laughs> I would fracture and explode the transmissions but, but every people time. People think it's faster. It's not. Remember, we took them on the track. It's not faster because you can't put the power down. Yeah, it's, it's just too much power. It's really if if you're if you're but a track guy, and I like being a I like going through canyons. If you're someone who likes going straight, then absolutely, that's where the Hellcat comes into its own. But if you like going through and carving canyons and everything else, then you want to get even a, hell, just, you know, the, uh, you know, the RT is, is a really uh, good well, car. Let's take, a, let's take a step back, first of all. Okay. Charger or Challenger? You can only pick one. Oh, Which Challenger. One? Okay, Challenger. Yeah. So you want the two-door. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and there's a 392, wide body. Yeah. All right. With, with a manual transmission. They have a green one with these. Okay, that's my yeah, next question. With the uh, the bronze rims, I actually saw this thing. I forgot where. Um, I think it was one of the auto shows. The one at, like Chicago. The one that I wanted was the Daytona. Remember the Daytona, the yeah. light blue with the white racing stripes. That was a really good looking that's car. A, that's not sixty. That's <laughs> that's way over sixty. Yeah, but that yeah, was one that I would. That's a little pricey. Would have loved to have. So at, then leaving uh, Dodge. Yeah. Um, moving on to I guess what would be next? Would Try be, BMW. BMW, BMWs. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple out there that are interesting, but older ones, like much, much older ones. So you're like 2002, or or even older. Even older than that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't anything beyond that. I don't know. Think of something with pop-up headlights. BMW. Oh, ZL. No, Z1. No. no, no. M1. No, but well, after the M1. Yeah, they had a V12. They had a V8. You could get a manual V12. 
I'm lost. Tell me. Um, I'm talking about the old 8 Series. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I loved that car. God, it was I so technologically advanced. Yeah, and you know, it went right up against the Porsche uh, uh, 928 to yep, a certain degree. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the same. Same philosophy. Yeah, yeah. and Grand what, I just, oh. That 12-cylinder is magnificent. 850. Mm -hmm. So that was the 850. And the what was the uh, eight, eight cylinder like an eight eight thirty or eight eight forty five or something like that? Yeah, yeah but I know that I think maybe the, I, I always know. thought that of the V twelve, but the V eight is supposed to be spectacular. In yeah. fact, it's supposed to handle better because it's a uh, lighter. Maybe was that the eight sixty? I, I forget. Anyway, they but were yeah, that's eight. that's definitely one of them. And then I mean, even if you look at the V ten M five, remember that? Yeah. Oh my God, that was a monster. but that had Vanos issues. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. You don't care. <laughs> if, you're, if you're saying spend the money, you know, I, just, I don't care about what the issues were. That's just that was a hell of a car. All right. How about this one? Mm. CTSV wagon. Yes, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> one of our early videos, like early somewhat popular videos, was when Roman and I got our hands on a CTSV wagon. It was black with a manual transmission. And we had a hell of a lot of fun with it. Great stories that when Roman, Roman got pulled over. And what did the cop tell you? I forget he, now. He told you to drive it like you stole it. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. He goes, yeah. I, I, I that's about the funniest damn thing. He just wanted to look at the car. That's yeah. the only reason he pulled it over. There's and one in Boulder. I see one driving around, and I lust after it. Uh, I lust after it so much, What Nathan. a fantastic car. I think that was like the, the absolute peak of... Cadillac building a car that really was for just a few people as opposed to some of these other cars. Yeah, that like are, the 500 journalists who bought them, who could afford it. Who bought the brown one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would have loved to have owned one of those. And I tried to convince my wife at one point in time when, you know, things were different financially. We only had one kid. I was just like, hey, um, one of these would make sense because we could put a stroller in it. And she just looked at me and saying, is it all-wheel drive? I'm like, damn you, woman. Okay. All right. Let's talk about something a little bit cheaper. How about like a Mazda Speed 3? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Speed 3 is great, but I mean, that's a four-cylinder turbo. Yeah, I mean, you were talking yeah. about V8s. Yeah. Um, Mazda, Mazda builds a lot of great cars. Uh, I, I've owned five Mazdas, or, or car bases based on Mazda platforms. So I, I enjoy, enjoy Mazda, but they've never built anything other than a V6 or a 4. Uh, yeah. that, that, that have been worthwhile. But maybe that's why they, you know, that's why they don't have that kind of reputation for sports cars, because even the Miata is still, you know, kind of a British... Homage or Japanese well, uh, homage to British roadsters. Well, the RX-7, yeah. the RX-8. I mean, they they definitely had to cut their teeth on racing. Yeah. And Mazda has some great offerings, but there's nothing there that 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 would really tempt me over, say, some certain V8s that you mentioned. Um, and I would say that there, I mean, there's a couple other cars that had like really rare V8 options to them. I mean, even Volvo had a V8 option on their um, their big SUV at one point. It was like a Yamaha. It was a Yamaha, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was but yeah, the problem it, was the problem with that was it was just a boring SUV. Yeah, exactly, cool and it yeah. wasn't really all that fast yeah, either. No. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's plenty of stuff out there like that. You know what else would be a lot of fun? There was the um, the Chevy. I just remembered uh, the, the uh, Caprice SS. Oh um, yeah, or or, um, or the Pontiac GTO. Yes, or the G yes the GTO GTP. Yeah, that was the one with the real hot one. Yeah, uh, and, and we got to drive those. Yeah, and those, those things cool. were a lot of fun. I mean, they're Australian, but I mean they they were okay. Holdens, right? Yes, yeah, yes, those were great. I would definitely get my hands on one of those. And of course, we're now sitting on a C5 and a C6. <laughs> Talk about oh you know, yeah, you can't ignore the, the small block Chevy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Corvettes out there that are tempting. I actually really like the one that Case had. I, I like that better than all the other ones you guys bought. C5 ZR1 is it a C? Yeah, yeah. C5 ZR1. That's the one. Mm -hmm. the, that's got like the Lotus. Design yeah. heads yeah, or something like, like that, and suspension. A good one you can get for like thirty thousand. That'd be another one that. Yeah, but it's really hard to get the 
those that haven't been completely knackered because you know they're, they're used yeah, and they get hammered, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, there's plenty of old Corvettes out there that are worthwhile, and some that aren't, frankly. <laughs> so you know, it really depends on your perspective. But pretty much all Corvettes are V8s. So I, I would say any Coyote five liter. I, I'm you know I took that. Uh, and that's videos, like I say, on all TFL this weekend. I took that Mustang that we have, the 2014, with the automatic and raced against a Lexus. And, uh, you know, 420 horsepower, right, mm -hmm. uh, versus almost 500. And yet it's... With two different weights of cars. Yeah. It's actually a very good race. Yes, yeah, because the Lexus is heavier. It also has an 8-speed versus the Mustang 6-speed, right, the 2014, the Mustang. And yet the Mustang almost won. It's amazing. Well, I'm, you I'm, don't want to give it away. No, you, you just, Okay, well, we did best two out of three. Edit, edit, edit. No, you, I, you know, I hate, like, listening to, like, YouTube channels, and they're like, this video is dropping, you know, next week, so I don't want to well, spoil I mean, it. But, but, but you... Yeah, it's all right. You guys listen to us. I appreciate you guys listening to us. I feel like you get kind of the inside, uh, unvarnished uh, look at what well, we do behind the scenes here. Which, which is fair enough, which reminds me, there's a lot of videos that are dropping at TFL Car, TFL Truck. Well, we have eight different channels, guys. You can go to alltfl.com and find out what's dropping uh, on that particular day, plus a bunch of stories written by our, on our websites. Yeah, Andre did something cool yesterday. Uh -huh. and I, this one I'm not going to give away. It'll also be up there. Um, Thank you, Nicole. Nicole is the chief engineer of the Chevy uh, Silverado EV, mm. uh, and Chevy was kind enough to let us borrow it. I think we're one of the first media outlets to have it for two weeks. Uh, and Andre compared it to an F-150 gasoline with two identical trailers, two identical loads, seeing which one uh, can tow farther. Which we did before, which we, is really cool. With the Hummer EV. We did, but we also no, did F-150, sorry. We did it with the F-150 Lightning. F -150 yeah. Lightning. Yeah. And I bet some of you guys are like, well, why didn't you compare it directly to an F-150 Lightning? Which we will be doing. It's coming. There you go. So there it is. Guys, we are trying to stay at the forefront of everything that's happening, both with gas and electricity. So <laughs> stay tuned. There's a lot of stuff coming up. And we're going to sign off now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, let us know in the comments below how many of you think I'm right, which is most of you, on most uh, of these topics. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, also, what V8 would you get if you had 60 grand in your pocket, burning a hole, and you wanted to buy one V8 that you had to hold on to for the rest of your life, what would it be? And by the way, we didn't talk about Mercedes-Benz and all the amazing AMGs that they build with, with V8s. And not so much the four-cylinder AMGs that don't make any sense to me because that doesn't make any sense to me. I think I would get uh, the R8. I've been kind of I've been kind of jonesing for that. I think it's depreciated enough now where it's at the bottom of its you know depreciation. It's Such only going to go car. up. Yeah, yeah. So really, truly, an amazing the only, car. The only problem is for me and you, it's a little small. It's pretty tight. <coughs> it, you know, it's, it's a little tight, tight but yeah. it wasn't as bad as um, like even the Acura, which the NSX. I think is even tighter on the inside. I think this had a little bit more elbow room. Or I would buy this Lexus. I would, I would, I would buy. It, hold on to it. It's gonna, you know, it's a Toyota underneath. It's gonna. Well, I mean, what you've got is that V8, that amazing V8. And there's other uh, vehicles that are using it or were using it. Oh, you know the GS. Yeah, GSF. I loved. You know me. He knows that I was like trying to find a way where I could buy one of these damn things because the GSF was to me the perfect car for anybody who wanted a sedan because it was a little bit bigger, had more room. Great engine, amazing driving dynamics. Yeah, not as fast as some vehicles out there, but faster than a lot of other ones. And boy, was it rewarding. So yeah, I forgot about that one. So that's the final one to my list. All right, guys, as always, go to altfl.com and uh, feel free to roast me in the comments. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel is coming. I'll see you guys next time. Right, Ciao. Take care.